Welcome to Daughter and Dad Podcast. Today's episode is called Tasty Leaps. There you are in your hunting lodge. I'm in my hunting lodge. (laughs) (laughs) That's all good. That's all good. That looks great, Dad. I love it. This is the home I just built. Wow. In the hill country? <laughs> no, out in Colorado. <laughs> this is the home I want to build out in Colorado. Dad, watch out for Bigfoot. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. For sure, Prue. How you doing? I'm doing great. How are you doing? I am doing great. Had a great workout today at the gym. Went for an hour. We came home, stopped at HEB for shopping, and I bought asparagus, broccoli, green peppers, mushrooms, and organic strawberries. Oh, that sounds so good. What are you going to make today? Today, today's an easy dinner. I'm going to saute mushrooms, onions, and peppers. And I'm also going to prepare a veggie burger and make another sandwich with that saute on top of them. On the side, I'm going to have asparagus and broccoli. That sounds really great. Are you using those impossible burgers or black bean burger, chickpea burger? Dr. Prager's Fiesta Burger. Oh, those are excellent. 22 grams of protein. Good job, Dad. We're having tacos later. And I haven't decided what kind of tacos, but it's going to be some kind of veggie tacos. Maybe sweet potato tacos. Tuesday taco time. It's Taco Tuesday. In San Antonio, every day is taco time. What's really funny about Albuquerque is that it's not a big taco town. It's a burrito town. There are burrito places everywhere. Burritos are traditional New Mexican and tacos are Mexican. It's not as big a thing here as it is in Texas. They have tacos every place. Really great taco place since you've been last here. It's a place called Torchy Tacos. They have a couple of locations in San Antonio. And they make the best tacos. They have a salmon taco that's blackened and it tastes just so good. Wow, that sounds amazing. Torchy's Tacos. I'm going to have to try those sometime. have to check them out on Yelp. Here's something I wanted to ask you. Okay. What's the one thing you wanted to try but haven't had a chance? I have been all about meeting my fears over the past few years. And I have done and tried all kinds of interesting things that I was afraid of before. But the one thing that I have the greatest fear of is heights. I have a terrible, terrible fear of heights. I would like to try skydiving sometime. Like uh, the kind of skydiving where you're attached to an actual real skydiver. (laughs) (laughs) But I definitely want to try that. Or maybe where you jump off the cliff on one of those parasails strapped to somebody. I would like to try one of those things. They do both of those things around here off of Sandia Mountain. And I would like to give it a whirl. As a kid, I didn't have a fear of heights. And I forced myself to climb high things. Yeah. It wasn't easy. 
Now, if you, no. if you ask me, would I go to the edge of the North Rim of the Grand Canyon, stand right on the edge and look down to the Colorado River a mile below, I will say, I'll pass. <laughs> Dad, that's like me. I remember being in the car with mom and driving in Colorado up in the Rocky Mountains and mom was terrified every time we took some of those really skinny turns and there was a big cliff on one side. I know she was always afraid. So I always figured I got that from her, but maybe I got a little bit from you too. Well, I drove that and I know exactly how, yeah. you, how you experienced that because I saw people pulling off to the side and throwing up. <laughs> and it just creeped me out. Do you remember driving up to the top of Mount Washington when you were younger? I do. All those 80 mile an hour winds. It was terrifying, Dad. Michelle is hanging out the window. <laughs> look at this, look at this. And I have my hands and I gripped so tightly to the steering wheel because there were no guardrails. <laughs> Thank God we made it up to the top. Coming down was easy. We were on the inside. Right, right. I still have that fear of heights. And we do a lot of hiking on weekends. And in the summer, we always hike in the mountains because it's so hot here that desert hikes don't make sense. So we do mountain hikes. And some of those have big, huge drop-offs. And I've gotten better. But I think I really need to meet my fears by jumping over the edge. <laughs> Here's something I did. Did you watch the movie Ferris Bueller? Of course. How many times? Don't tell me. Oh, Dad, I can't even count how many times. <laughs> you recall when he went up to the top of the Sears building and put his nose against yes. the windows? I've done that. <gasps> no way. I did that and just to do it. Did you have your eyes open or closed, though? <laughs> I had my eyes open, but I think my heart rate just went zip. Oh, man, Dad, if you had an Apple Watch, you could see what your heart rate did. <laughs> They would have, Apple Watch would have probably called 911 on them. Yeah, it would have. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. We've been to the Grand Canyon when the kids were small, and none of them seemed to have any fear of heights. They would run right up to the edge, and I was always so scared. Get back, get back, and grabbing them by the belt and pulling them back. I didn't want them to get too close. Well, you do hear stories, and I've seen some this year where yeah, people falling yeah. over the edge. They take a selfie too close. And then yeah. you one more step back, but that's a long step. That's a long step. There are a lot of those selfie deaths. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. The book I just finished reading is called The Fallen. Okay, and what's it about? The author is T. Jefferson Parker and begins with a detective rushing into a building to rescue people because the building's on fire. He runs up to the sixth floor, runs into a room, and there's this big giant guy in there who started the fire. The guy grabs the detective and throws him out the window. <gasps> Through the window, out, and he's plummeting down. As he's plummeting, the author is narrating the detective's thoughts as he's falling down, 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 down. He finally crashes into an awning kind of saved him, he went through the awning, broke some bones, but he came out with an interesting neurological phenomenon, having yeah. synesthesia. Oh, so he can taste colors or sounds or... For the book, when you speak, 
He could tell you whether you're lying or telling the truth or emotionally caught up into something. Because each of the emotions of the person displayed to him in color. Oh, that's so interesting. That sounds really good. Now, I actually have been watching this TV show. It's a new TV show called Poker Face. And the premise is a little similar. This woman, she has this ability that she's had since she was a child where she can tell if anyone is telling the truth or lying. And she gets into all of these kind of murder mysteries. She falls into them. It's like Columbo in that at the very beginning of each episode, you see who commits the murder. And the rest of the show, you watch her figure it out. I think you would love it, Dad. I'm going to check that out. What's it called again? It's called Poker Face. Poker Face. I'll remember that. Yeah, it's really cute. It's super cute. Well, what happened that made me think about synesthesia? Yeah. And I thought, have I ever experienced it? And I don't know if I have, I don't think so. But when I'm writing, and when I was working at the university, yeah. on a project, I would always be stuck and stuck and stuck. And all of a sudden, I would get this flash of a picture in my mind of what I'm supposed to do. Yeah. It would be very clear and detailed, and I could then sit down at my laptop and write it all out, nonstop. And it's Dad. all Creative people have those flashes. You get your full idea at once, and then you can pull all the threads out. You see it in its entirety. That happens to me all the time when I'm writing. If I get stuck, all of a sudden, it comes like this big present that I get to unwrap. It's glorious. Yeah, isn't it? It's not the case. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. Wrong. It yeah. Was when I was supposed to be writing, I was supposed to be writing <laughs> a new doctoral program at this university where I was located. And the dean would keep asking me, where's the doctoral program? I said, I'm thinking about it. <laughs> and he kept saying, Ray, I want to see that. And I said, I'm still thinking about it. Yeah. And he finally said, I'm going to take a trip to Brazil and I'll be gone a month. When I come back, I want to see that on my desk. Somewhere in that space of that month, I had that flash. Yeah. He came back and he read it and he says, it just sings. How did you do this? I said, I saw it. Yeah, Dad, when I'm working on a creative project, until I get to that point, everything I do is kind of worthless or useless. I know it's all helping to build up to that point. But until I get that flash, that creative flash, I feel just all completely closed up. But once it happens, man, does it flow. Now, you and Daniel are both musicians. Yes. Do you know anyone who has a musical synesthesia, who will see the notes and pictures or hear words and music? I think that most composers do. This weekend, we were listening to some Bach. Bach has this incredible piece, The Passion of Matthew, and it's absolutely gorgeous. And so we were watching it on YouTube. And it had the English translation on the bottom. And what was so interesting, at the beginning, you hear the drums going, boom, 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 boom. And it's meant to symbolize the heartbeat. And as the piece progresses, it has all these little tableaus with the choral parts where the singers are singing about different points in the passion. You can see how Bach actually used the music 
to paint those feelings in words in ways that he must have had synesthesia or be able to feel language in a way because it translates beyond just the words and music itself. It's transcendental. I'm going to listen to that. What was the exact name? If you just Google the passion of Matthew and J.S. Bach, you'll get it. It's one of his greatest pieces of all time. I'm going to do that. Yeah. So much. Girl. You'll love it. It's gorgeous. Girl, let's make this a wrap. Okay. So we're going to add some questions. You can ask people. You just take care of the questions, but ask them if they've experienced synesthesia. You heard, Dad. Have you ever experienced synesthesia? What's your greatest fear? Let us know in comments. And be sure to like and subscribe to Daughter and Dad Podcast today. Thanks for listening.